Did y'all have a good 4th of July holiday, I hope? Good Independence Day weekend? We still continue that today, so we're still celebrating the holiday here on Sunday morning uh, at First Methodist Church. Did you eat too much any time during that? Hot dogs, barbecue, that kind of thing? So we had all the above, so we celebrate in all kinds of ways. No, you do as well. Today, uh, I'm wearing a shirt that I don't always wear. Uh, I've had a few folks mention to me that, is that a target? I said, no, it's a shield. Okay, it's a shield, and it represents Captain America. Okay, Uh, my favorite superhero uh, for lots of reasons. But anyway, we're going to talk about him for a while, read some scripture, make a connection, and then do what I love to do, which was apply what we've talked about. I've always believed, for many years I really believed, that it's one thing to have an opinion about something, it's one thing to act upon what we believe. That we have to have a way to respond, to to do something, to say, I think this or believe that, or here's my opinion, doesn't mean very much. But here's what I do with my life God's given me, that means a lot. So we're going to do that today, so be where that's going to come. But I think most of us are attracted to heroes, right? Their stories, their courage, their accomplishments, their sacrifices, how they step out of the crowd to save the rest of us. We really like that, uh, whether, we, we, whether we like that and the, the reality of real heroes we know in our world, and we could name some of those, or whether we imaginary heroes like Captain America in a comic book or a movie. How many have seen any of the Avenger movies or Captain America movies in the last uh, few years? Many of you seen those? A few? I see all of them. You know, I, I like those movies. You know, I, I like how the good guys win. Pretty much guaranteed, most of the time anyway, with uh, comic books, hero movies, and the hero is going to win in the end. And I, I like that. Let me give you a little history, though, of Captain America, a very unique comic book and now movie hero. Uh, he was actually invented before World War II, before Pearl Harbor actually had happened. Uh, he was created uh, by, a, by two guys named Simon and Kirby. At that time, Nazism in Europe was already rising. Uh, Adolf Hitler was already in power. It was becoming already evident that it was an evil thing happening there. This was an evil, bad person who was gaining power in Germany, who was going to create evil in the world. So that was already known by many for all kinds of reasons. They were especially repulsed by Hitler's immoral uh, actions there in Germany. And many things were happening, of course, to create that. Uh, And so uh, Steve Rogers was created, who is the character who becomes, of course, when he puts his costume on, uh, the star-spangled banner uniform, the the shield of red, white, and blue, uh, that he picks that up, and he's created. And the very first comic book on the cover, there's a picture of Captain America punching out Adolf Hitler, again before the war, before we were actually invested in anything related to that. Simply the evil that existed, the immorality that was there, uh, the dictatorship and and the cruelty against Jews was already known that and, and, and did what every American wanted to do. Captain America did there in that comic book picture. Now, now, Captain America also has some other unique qualities. Uh, Captain America is a dork. Now, how many know the word dork? I'm not using the word you're not familiar with. Okay, he's a dork. 
You know, that's Captain America. He's always lecturing his enemies on the virtues of democracy and equality. That's what he does. You know, he's uncool. So uncool that he's cool. And why your pastor is wearing a Captain America shirt on a Sunday morning worship service. In more modern times, in the movies, he does not understand pop culture. Because he went to sleep for 50 years and woke up recently. Uh, You have to see the movie to understand all of that. But that's what went on there. So he doesn't understand pop culture. He didn't get it a bit. He doesn't understand why his enemies do what they do and act the way that they act. He's out of touch with the American way. But he challenges us just the same around heroic terminology. Bravery. Honesty. Dependability, dedication. And we think of Captain America in that term. So are you with me and where we're going with this and why those are so important to us and also making an application to, well, this is church and we're worshiping God and, and we're Christians and we have Bibles here. How does this apply to you and me? In one of the recent movies, Captain America is actually uh, on a jet. He's getting ready to jump out of a jet without a parachute. And he's on there with Black Widow. Black Widow is uh, another character. Now, in our modern way of thinking, she's cool. She's got all the cool stuff, you know. She's, she's good and she's not so good, you know. And she knows pop culture and, you know, that's, that's who she is. But they're having a conversation. As he gets ready to jump out, she points out that there are two Norse gods in the plane with them, Thor and Loki. They're going to jump first. And she says something like this to Captain America. She says, Cap, I'd sit this one out. And he says, I don't see how I can. Then she says, these guys come from legend. They're basically gods. And and he says, there's only one God, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. And then he jumps. And then he jumps. We are attracted to heroes. We know, and something about them, they're unique to us. And often we think, that's beyond me, above me. I can't be that. Now, I'm going to read for you uh, some, uh, some of Psalm 33, verse 12 through 22. Make application of those scripture verses as well with Captain Hero, where we're going to go next. Hear the word of God, please. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, to the, from heaven the Lord looks down and sees all humankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who lives on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything that they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance, despite all its great strength it cannot saved. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those who hope in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death, keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now question, and I want you to answer it in your own heart and life. I'm not going to answer it for you. Uh, What makes a nation a Christian nation? Think about what Christian Christian means, what Christianity is. 
and what a nation is, what a nation isn't. What makes a nation a Christian nation? Uh, And the second question, can a nation live out uh, its life uh, without a moral, ethical compass? Can live out courageous existence without faith in God? Is that possible? Without religious underpinning? I personally don't think so, but uh, I want you to answer that for yourself as you think about it. The American Revolution, of course, was uh, begun around the document called Declaration of Independence. 1776, we celebrated that signing. At least two people signed it on, on July the 4th. Others signed it in the next few days. So only two signed it the very first day on July the 4th. But that's where we believe our country was born. And yet the war was still yet to happen. The Revolutionary War had not begun. There had been no battles yet that initiated some of those. It would be many years later before actually we were really independent. That was still to come. Uh, That would come after many battles in Yorktown, many deaths, many sacrifices. And the final, of course, uh, cap on creating the the country was the signing of the the USS Constitution, which would come in 1784, a long time after 1776. You you may know that. But before all this, there was once in the country called the Great Awakening. And before the Great Awakening, this country was not a very Christian nation. Historically, you look back at what was going on in those years, there was a dearth, really, of a very deep invested faith in God. So revivals began to happen in a very small nation. There wasn't that many people in the country at that time. Only two and a half million people in the entire country. Not very many. There's more in Dallas-Fort Worth. So revivals began to move around the nation. These revivals brought people to faith in Christ and created a sense of independence for people. What I mean by independence was, they had a sense, and I'm I love history. I'm not an expert. I'm telling you what I think and believe and have read and understand as best I can. But there was a connection not only between the old world and a king in Britain, but there was also a connection with ecclesiastical authority in the old church, in the old world. This revival broke that. It stopped that. People begin to have a more personal connection with God directly, which birthed a sense of independence in their own heart and their own lives. And that was reflected not only in how they worshiped God, became a part of rapidly growing churches around this country, Congregational Church, Presbyterian Church, and even the Methodist Church was growing rapidly at that time in this country. It created that as well. It also brought people to a place where they wanted to be free free people in their faith and how they lived politically, economically, in every way. And that still is a core sense of America. We still don't like authority here. Not how the rest of the world works, by the way. Uh, That's kind of where that comes from. So I want you to simply have that sense of, as we think about what makes a nation a Christian nation and where courage to be independent comes from, and how dependent we are upon God to create and make that happen. Now I want to look at these verses again that I read uh, from the Psalms uh, as they relate to what I just said about are we a Christian nation or not. And I'm not going to answer that today. I want you to answer that for yourself. And then also go back to the Captain America character I'll talk about later on. Verse 12 is the first verse I want to look at. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Now, what do you think about that verse, the truth or falsehood of it? Well, here's where I come from with this. It's dependent upon whether I believe in God or not. 
It means nothing to me if I don't. So I start with, do you and I believe in the existence of God? Is there a God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, and and for us certainly the God who gives us Jesus Christ to be our Savior and what the Bible says about that God to us, how we understand that faith and our relationship with Christ and that Great Awakening revival I talked about earlier on. If there is a God and you believe there is a God, and I certainly believe there is a God, and that means that verse has to be true. God's existence demands that that verse is true. That blessed is the nation, or the person, or the church, or the community, or the neighborhood, or the family, whose God is the Lord. So if we make that connection, it really comes down to, okay, do I believe in God or not? If I believe in God, that means that my sense of that verse is a huge understanding of how I understand my own, even patriotism. And I'm an extremely patriotic person. Hey, I'm wearing a Captain America shirt in church on Sunday morning. You know that. Verse 16. No king is saved by the size of his army. That's the second verse. Now, I know the Psalms is talking basically here about the nation of Israel in the writing of these words. But truth is truth. You know, God speaks as God speaks. And so we're being told by that verse that that liberty, our freedom, our deliverance, or our things going well is always a credit to God and not to the size of our army. Is America the best army in the world? Yes. My son-in-law has been in the Army for many years, has served two tours in Iraq, served in Afghanistan. He's stationed in Puerto Rico right now where my family is with him, though my daughter and her kids are here for a few days to be with us, so we're excited about that. It's not the Army that has dedicated or given us our freedom, even though I admire the courage of George Washington. I love that uh, the Valley Forge story of how people overcame in that time, and our country was dependent upon surviving a very cold winter. Yorktown and how France came involved. And I, I know the history. I, could, I won't go into long detail about all of that. And I love all those stories. Read them all. Know them well. Ask me about a battle somewhere. I can tell you about it. I know a lot about those things. But no king is saved by the size of his army. Now that's dependent upon do I believe in God or not? Does God exist? Is God involved in our world? Does God care about our world? Did God care about Hitler being defeated? And not winning that war, how the world would have been changed if Nazism had won and America had lost. Third verse, verse 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. Now the word fear here doesn't mean I'm scared of God. It's it's really talking about a, a holy respect of God. That I am so aware that God is that God is awesome and powerful and loving and caring and compassionate and true, that that I turn toward God in such a way that I have such great respect that it draws me to him. I don't function without him. I believe in him in my life and my church and my nation and my world, and, and that's a big, big, big part of my life. And so it says those whose eyes are drawn to him in that way and fear him is what we're being called to do as we answer the question again, and you answer it for yourself. Is this a Christian nation or not? How is our country formed and shaped? And what do I do about this? And where am I in my own life and my own journey? And verse 20, 
And by the way, this verse, I really made the connection after I picked the Captain America character to be a kind of an illustration for the message, uh, that it says this, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. There's a shield, an accident, you know, I'm wearing a shield today, and that's part of that verse. And of course, you get the idea of what a shield is, but it's saying, God is our shield. He is our help. That's my truth. That's what I believe. That's the core of my value, and that's a driving influence for what I choose to believe and do and live up my life. And I'm speaking for all of us here as Christians when I use that terminology, not as, not as myself. As we apply these verses in the Psalms, God's Word to us today, to Independence Day weekend, uh, and a message related to that here in patriotism. I'll tell you about myself a little bit. I've already hinted at some of this already, but uh, some years ago I got a call from someone, and uh, it wasn't a member of our church, someone in the area, I don't even know who it was, don't remember the name at all, uh, never saw him before, never saw him after. But whatever reason, it was, it was, it was in 2004, because I remember it was right after the invasion of Iraq, and they wanted me to do something, and I don't remember even what it was, but whatever it was, I hadn't done it to whatever their expectation was. And so this person on the phone questioned my patriotism, even using that terminology. That's the only time I can remember where I wanted to say, I'll meet you in the parking lot at high noon. And we could talk about that personally if you'd like. I, I refrain from that only because I'm a pastor. Uh, if I was just a Christian and not a pastor, we would have tested that. Turn the other cheek moment. So anyway, that's where that was. Uh, and I've already pointed out my son-in-law's experience in the military and sacrifices my family's made with him being gone, uh, not there for the birth of his children, two of his children, had to experience that. So that's a lot to be done. Uh, my twin brother and I both serving in the Navy. If you're a guest in our church, you don't know that. So we served during the Vietnam era, not in Vietnam but during that time. My son was in the Marine Corps uh, during uh, 9-11. When 9-11 happened, he was in the military at that time when it took place. We didn't know where he was for several weeks after that. And you can imagine how that was. Uh, my dad was a career Air Force serving in uh, Korea and Vietnam. So we can So I bleed patriotism. You know, I get when it's time to sing the national anthem. You put your hand up your heart. You know, uh, I get that. And I do that. And I understand that. And I want to do that. But what do I do about my patriotism? What do I do about it? How does my patriotism connect with my faith as a Christian? What do I do with that? How do I connect with uh, these words in the Psalms that we've read today? How do I connect with the Captain America character and live that out? And the claim that I would make here in a second, after I read one more verse, Matthew 23, 23, and these are the words of Jesus where he says, You give a tenth of your spices, your mint, your dill, cumin. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Make application with me that it's a holy thing for me to, when when I say the Pledge of Allegiance, when I sing a patriotic song, when I watch fireworks, when I, when I think about my nation that I live, when I pray for my country. It's a holy thing. It's also a holy thing to think about what I care about as a Christian, which is justice, mercy, mercy, 
and faithfulness, which, by the way, is what Captain America was fighting for, right? Oh, yeah, he wore the white, he wore the flag. He fought for America, but he also fought for justice and mercy and faithfulness, and he was a dork because of it. (laughs) You know, that's how he was seen, even then and certainly today by many, I'm sure. You know, as we think about who we are and and his response to punch Hitler in the jaw there in that first comic book, to rescue his friends who were in prison, to fight for his nation, to jump out of a jet, to face an unknown enemy, because it's who he is. He's an American hero. That's what American heroes do. I can't stay out of this, he says. It's who we are. It's what a Christian is. What do we do? If you want to be a hero, and we're attracted to heroes, right? We celebrate heroes. We admire heroes. They're the ones that step out for the rest of us. If you want to be a hero, what's stopping you? What in your life or mine is stopping you or me from being an American hero? How do we respond to our own patriotism in our life? If you don't want to be your hero, why not? (laughs) And have you found what is worth fighting for? Okay, I'm patriotic. We're patriotic. I see many of the red, white, and blue colors in our sanctuary today. How do you live that out, you know? Uh, This week, uh, beginning tonight, we have around 275 or 285 people who are going to be on our campus, this church community, uh, for four to five days. And they're going to serve our area. They're going to be going all around Fort Worth, uh, Kennedale, uh, Arlington, Mansfield community. And I'm going to lead, actually leading a junior high work team myself this year. They, need, they were one short. I said, I'll do that. And so I'm leading a junior high work team, going to be going to two homes this week, I've been told, and following the rules that they're giving me and the authority there to submit to that. That's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and we're going to touch maybe 20, 21, 22 different homes, if not more. And we're going to respond to our Christian faith and our patriotism by serving our own community. And we're going to, these kids are going to be heroes. We're going to find out what it's like to be a hero. Step up, step out, make the sacrifice, make it ever say, it's me. And, you know, putting the shield on figuratively as they step out. So I want you to hear that. And that's exciting for me to have 85 to 90 adults volunteer to spend a vacation summer week doing this work in the hot sun and to have almost 200 kids doing the same thing, junior high and senior high together. I have two granddaughters who are going to be on, uh, working with high school. My wife's working with it. Many of you are as well. And we're not saying everybody has to do that one thing. I'm giving you an illustration of how to respond to my patriotism. I'm probably not going to be called to go to Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, that, that kind of life's probably passed, most of us. But what can we do? How can we respond? This summer, we're very excited to connect with something that's very unique to our church, and we're very excited about it. And uh, it's how we connect with Habitat for Humanity. For many, many years, we've been part of building homes in this community. In fact, we've been a part of every single Habitat build in the Mansfield area. Uh, since the, the inception of that. We're, we're, well, I'm proud of that. Uh, we also are going to connect this year, and we've done some of this already, with this entire what's called the Trinity Habitat for Humanity community. And we're doing it with a Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, 
who every once in a while pick an area to go to and work on a build to elevate habitat in those communities and to build community among the people who are doing it in the area. And they've chosen Fort Worth this year. They're going to be here. Former president uh, and his wife in the United States are going to be here. And we're going to connect with that as well. Uh, and we're very excited about making that connection. And I've already signed up for August the 2nd. Is the day I'm going to help with a build. I'm not good at that, but I'm going to do it anyway. August the 2nd. And there are other days you can sign up for as well. Uh, those are available at the back, I believe, today. If not, uh, Susan Luttrell is the one that connects with that. And also, we're going to give financially, substantially financially to the cause. We made a commitment. It's a large commitment to this cause. We give every year. We're going to give more this year. If you're interested in that, next week is the week we're really going to do this, but I want to talk about it today because it connects with the message. Uh, we'll give you one of these cups. This is First Methodist Mansfield, and it says on the back, Habitat and uh, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter Work Project, to remember that you were part of this heroic, heroic moment. Because that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Two, today, really, illustrations of this, what I'm talking about today. But I want you to go beyond that to say, okay, how can I be a hero? What does a hero look like for me? How do I, can I connect with my faith in Jesus Christ? And my patriotism, if you have that, and I'm sure you do. How I respond to that, how we move into our world. And for me, it's very exciting to make the connections because it's so, it's so Christian to me. So I want to share that with you today. So the last questions again are, you want to be a hero? What's stopping you? If you don't want to be a hero, why not? Have you found what's worth fighting for? Well, Black Widow, the cool one, says to the dork, I'd sit this one out, Cap. He says, I don't see how I can. Let's pray, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you give us today, words of truth and psalms. The nation, God, you've given us to live in, this spirit of independence and liberty and freedom, God, that means so much to each one of us. And our chance to respond to both, how we serve you, how we love others, how we mark our existence as heroes in justice and faithfulness and mercy, the same mercy and faithfulness you give us every day. So we pray in Jesus' name, amen.